You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast on the Creative Church Podcast Network, where we share stories of people becoming who they were made to be. My name is Emily Cummins. This week, Danielle Wingate is sharing her becoming story. Danielle has been in vocational ministry as a volunteer director for almost 10 years in Nashville and Austin. She and her husband have two kids, Emmaus two, Caleb five months. Danielle is a military spouse, a blogger, and special media coordinator for the Foresight Group. She is the co-founder of Catalyst Women, an online space to encourage and equip women to make a difference where they are. She has a heart for leadership, military, and for women to step into the fullness of their calling. Danielle and her family currently reside in Seattle, Washington. Here is my conversation with Danielle Wingate. Danielle, welcome to the Becoming Me podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. It's so great to be on here today. You know, we, I, first off, just think it's a privilege to be your friend. But then second, our world has overlapped (laughs) in so many different areas of life. And I love it (laughs) from mutual friends in Nashville and Crosspoint to working together with Jenny Catron and the Foresight Group. And then what you do with Catalyst Women and what I do with BecomingMe.tv, I mean, it's (laughs) so much fun fun to journey with it you. Is. It's awesome. so nice just to have like a fellow fellow warrior friend in similar fields that's just like, yeah. listen, like I don't have time to tell you the full story of what's going on in this season of life, but here's the gist. <laughs> and then just say, oh, girl, I got you. I know I'm praying for you and go, go on. So good. Yes. That's what I love when you and I like get into text conversations and it's just like, here's what's happening or like, here's this video from this family thing. And it's just, I love doing life with you. It's <laughs> so much fun. So to kick off today's episode, why don't you just share a little bit about you? What are some fun things about oh, Danielle? Man. Oh, fun things about me. Well, First of all, um, I am in full mommy world. So I have, as um, as you mentioned, I have Emmaus, who is two, and um, the fullness of a two-year-old who is independent, very uh, strongly <laughs> opinionated. Um, she is just full of joy and so much life and energy. Um, my husband and I prayed relentlessly for a leader, um, and we definitely got the makings, the raw makings of that. So um, we prayed a lot differently for our second one just because she's so opinionated and so like just strong but so like I've got her and then I have Caleb and he is five months and he's just so sweet and they're great together but between them both I have my hands pretty full and so um I'm just you know trying to be fully present in that season and enjoying it um you know because that season will end eventually I know that but um so that keeps me pretty busy but uh aside from that I get to um, run an online space for women um, with a, one of my best friends named Morgan. Um, and so we have Catalyst Women. And so whether we're doing um, blogs and articles, social media, um, whether we are just calling up fellow women who have just said, hey, like I want to make a difference in my marriage this year. Um, and we're praying with them and just kind of giving them some resources. Like, so we get to kind of plug into that space. Um, and then I'm a military spouse. And so um, 
a lot of that looks like going to post and just kind of seeing how I can, you know, invest, um, even with the the team that my husband is surrounded by, um, and just making some connections, you know, just on post and, and building those relationships. Because when you're in military, that, that local family, where you're at at each of your destinations becomes kind of your family. And, um, and there's such like, there's such challenges in that, but it's, it's so good too. And so, um, I do that. And then, um, in my spare time, which ends up being like 15 minutes a day, I like to read and, um, I'm trying to like learn some photography on the side and, um, and, uh, I'm really getting into, uh, Donald Miller's latest book, um, story brand. And so I'm really loving just kind of this whole concept of, um, inviting your brand to tell a story well for your audience. So, um, you know, aside from that, I then get to eat occasionally. So it's really good. <laughs> that is awesome. Girl, you have a full world. Um, and I also know that your story is absolutely incredible. Would you just unpack what has made Danielle, who Danielle is today with us? What's your story? Ooh, it's a fun one, um, but isn't everybody's. Uh, so, you know, um, I was born in Florida, raised in a Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, I have had the whole gamut of uh, educational <laughs> experiences from being homeschooled. Um, I went to a private Christian school. I went to a public school, back to a private school, back to the public school. Um, my parents were not military. We just, you know, I, I couldn't make up my mind what I wanted to do. And my parents were gracious enough to allow me to experience, you know, just a lot of different things. And um, so it was, it was, a it was a great, like, you know, growing up, um, my, my childhood was surrounded though, by a lot of tension and instability. Um, money was just always a factor with my parents and they actually ended up separating this past year. And, um, you know, like, mm. it, and I, and all hope is not lost. Like I'm still believing God for great things to happen, but with that being my childhood, that posed a lot of challenges for me, um, to just, as I'm trying to figure things out, you know, even from a young age. And of course my parents, they're trying to figure out their life, their marriage, their finances. And so, um, my brother and I really, uh, just kind of became like a strong team, um, you know, during those early years of that, those seasons. Um, and so really, um, I feel like for me, a lot of where my story really begins that I started seeing God's faithfulness through and through, but it, it, but you know, like, you're not like, wow, this is a really good season. It was like mm. the beginning of the painful seasons that you're like, I know God, you're being faithful, but this season still really hurts. And I'm still really, I don't like where I'm mm. at and I don't know what you're doing, but I'm believing that you're doing something. Um, I was 15 and I got totally wrapped up in this guy. And it's just like one of those things that like the chemistry is just there, but like, it's the explosive type of chemistry that you're like, you should be running and you need to call 911 and you should be mm. like surrounding yourself with godly women that are like, girl, no, like, let me speak some truth into your life right now, because this is not what you need to be doing. And I didn't have that. And um, so I just went down this, I mean, crazy spiraling path. Emily, where it was just, um, by the end of my sophomore year of mm -hmm. high school, I, um, was on antidepressants and was just really, really struggling to the point that I didn't want to go to school. And my basketball coach was gracious. And he let me eat lunch in his office, like every day, like it was just <laughs> this place of darkness and aloneness, but like, and truly what I think about is just this season where I felt blind to all I could see was just mm -hmm. this 
situation and the scenario and the choices, the bad choices, the poor choices that I had made. So that kind of catalyst, or that was kind of like the catalyst to us switching schools, which ultimately ended up um, leading us to move to Nashville, Tennessee, a week before my senior year of high school. Wow. So here we are in Nashville, and I am heartbroken because this relationship that was so toxic had ended. Now I'm in Nashville. I know nobody. I'm about mm. to start my senior year of high school. I, you know, like there were so many just emotions tied up into that. And, um, you know, I, I didn't love my, my job in Texas, but like, you know, it's a job and you have friends and there's, you know, a little bit, but yeah. like, so starting over new was this whole new concept. And that's such like a, a I don't know, uh, of defining, I feel like season in, in life, but here's where I really started to see God take this, like this darkness and this, this challenging season that I felt like I had just been like, literally like waiting in. And when I say waiting, I mean, like, I'm literally felt like I was like waiting in water because mm -hmm. I wasn't going anywhere. It didn't feel like there was any, any life to it. I just was like, well, great. I just wasted two years of my life, you know, and now high school's done. And, mm. and, and so I thought, that's what I thought. Like, I really was like, oh, my story's going to end and I'm only 17 and this is it. Like, and like, so <laughs> yeah. um, my first three months in Nashville, I had my arms crossed the whole time, like figuratively and literally. And I just refused to make friends to invest where I was to, you know, I didn't even want to go to church. Like, I mean, just nothing. I was just determined to not like this place. And, um, after those three months, um, these girls just kind of kept coming up to me at school and just kept inviting me to things. And I finally, I, I don't know what it was probably just a miracle, but like, I started to open my eyes to just the goodness that was around me. Like it didn't erase pain, but it started to mm. just change my lens of maybe there's something for me here. Like maybe I can start yeah. over here. Like nobody actually knows my past and you know, and so it just was like all these different things, but it started to challenge my thinking. And so with that, I ended up falling in love with Nashville and my whole <laughs> stint of like, I'm moving back to Texas. The minute I turned 18 turned into 10 years later, I'm still in Nashville <laughs> and I wow. just loved it. And so, um, anyway, I, um, I didn't stop the relationships though, like with, with guys. So that unhealthy cycle that started in Texas continued in a serial series of relationships for the next 10 years. And it mm. wasn't just casual dating. It was like each guy was like two to three years of a relationship. We looked at rings, like with almost every relationship, like it just went from like zero to a hundred to where I started feeling like I was just sleepwalking through my life and only present in the relationship that I was in with the male not like my girlfriends, not mm. my family, not even like my work friends. I was literally just working to check the box to make money. And like, it was just this, this place that I, I felt like I had a roller coaster kind of of a life because you know, when your relationship's good, things are great. And then when the relationship starts to get rocky, y'all maybe have an argument. I mean, you just pick any scenario from life. And you start to feel like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, my life is falling apart. And it was because it was fully dependent on another person and neither of us were walking with the Lord. So like there was all of this kind of mixed mm -hmm. into it. So um, anyway, 
it was amazing. One of my girlfriends invited me to a church service one Tuesday night. Priscilla Shire was speaking and um, I did not want to go. I was so late. I would just was texting my friend. I was like, I'm not going to come. I'm like, like totally going to be like 15, 20 minutes late. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to come. And she said, I really feel like you need to come. Please, please, please come. I'll save you a seat. Well, sure enough, I get there. I'm 20 minutes late. I cannot find my friend. I'm about ready to cry. It's been a long day at work. I'm about to leave. And somebody says, hey, we're about to um, put in the last row for overflow. Which are, you know, do you need a seat? And I said, oh, fine. So I'm literally like, I could touch the door. Like, like that's how like packed. Oh, wow. I'm sure it was against fire codes. But like, that's how packed it was. And so I'm literally in the last <laughs> row. Priscilla Shire delivers this message on the importance of a certain place in your life. And it's this whole passage, I believe it's out of Matthew, but how Jacob comes to this certain place and God causes him to call into, fall into a, a, a deep sleep. And he, and he just promises, I'm going to bring you back to this place. And it was just this whole concept that um, certain places are sacred places. And it started to just open my eyes that all of these places that I had been, and I mean that like whether it was in school, geographically, relationally, emotionally, all of these places that I had been, they were certain places that had sacred things for me to take away to apply. And here I had been sleepwalking through my whole life and I hadn't taken away anything other than this backpack full of woe Mm -hmm. is me, this backpack full of hurt and this backpack just to like say, oh, my story's so broken. Oh, me. Oh, like I can't do anything because I made these choices and that has disqualified me from God's best. And so it, I didn't even realize, but I had built this whole mentality of failure, of doubt, of fear of, like I said, disqualification. And so that night was the changing point for me. I decided I'm not going to come back to this certain place and not have a different mindset. I'm not going to come back to this certain place and not have a different heart, not have tools to be better. Like I'm tired of being in this spiral for 10 years and seeking affection and purpose from a, from a, from a, you know, I say a man, but I mean, it started with, you know, boys, like you're 15, you don't, you know, I mean, you know, a lot at 15, but you also don't know a lot. Like, and so I was just like, this is it. And so that night I rededicated my life to the Lord. And I just, I just told him like, God, I am waiting for you. Like I have done it my way for so long. I'm going to do it your way. And honestly, Emily, like that night, like I vowed that I was going to make a list of like the qualities that I felt like that God spoke about me and also that he was speaking to me about the potential of my future husband. And I was going to wait for his timing and whatever that looked like. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, this is going to be six months because being single for six months would have been a good win for me at that time. He took me on a journey of singleness and I'm saying a journey, this journey was a gift. I loved it. And like, if my husband was not so amazing, I probably would have enjoyed my single journey for the rest of my life. He took me on a journey of singleness for four years and it was amazing. Like I built relationships with girls, like just deep quality friendships, authentic friendships, um, filled with accountability, filled with like challenge and growth, healthy growth. Like I mean, over those four years, I traveled to Australia. Um, I just, you know, like I got to experience so much that I would have missed out on. I grew 
exponentially my relationship with the Lord. And it was even in that time that, um, after that, that, that night that Priscilla Shire spoke that message, I just was like, I need to do my life different. And so no joke, I quit my job. Um, which is totally not advised to do if you don't have a backup plan, but I had some savings and I quit my job and I let the Lord lead me, but I took a three (laughs) month trip and I also, this is not a wise choice. Dave Ramsey would not encourage this. I diluted all of my savings on this trip and I just really sought the Lord. I drove, I'm, I'm telling you, I drove from Nashville to North Carolina to Texas, flew to California, was there for a month. Like, I mean, it just, I drove all over. And I just took three months to rest and really figure out like, who am I? Where have I been? Where do I want to go? And what do I want my life to look like? And it was the, it was the most gut wrenching, painful time ever, because when you're still, the enemy loves to just scream these, these, like these lies to you and these fears. And and we're not good at being still, I'm horrible at being still. But then like when those just were fought with the truth of what God's word said about us, when I finally like allowed like those lies and, and just that to, to quiet, it was just like this, this healing that took place in my life. So I come back to Nashville and, um, I was dead set on, you know, doing, um, an event business. And so I ended up launching a wedding and event business and I didn't have, um, the ability to make like means end or the ends meet at that time. And, uh, through, um, just a random event, a gentleman walked up to me, um, after I organized, um, a fundraiser. And he said, what do you, what's your name and what do you do? And, and long story short, he was the campus pastor at this church in Nashville that I ended up working for. And (laughs) so I introduced myself and he was like, do you want a job? And I was like, um, I mean, where? And he goes here at this church. And I was like, Oh no. And it was so interesting. So I had gone through all this healing. God had spoken all these words of truth to me. And yet this was my first response when he asked me if I wanted to work at a church. And I said, if you knew what my life looked like and all the things that I've done, you would not want me working for a church. That was still what my, my automatic response was. And so I basically told him, no, thank you. And he being the amazing man he is, he said, well, then that is exactly why I want you working from a church, because if that's what you've walked, then that means that God has something to use in you. And he knew nothing of what I had walked. I know. (laughs) So, but God's so good like this. So I went through all of that, um, ended up meeting my husband, um, at this church and, uh, continued on with the wedding business. And then, um, we ended up moving to Texas. So anyway, all of this along the way, like God has just been preparing and placing in my heart, like just these small things, like, and even that event that I organized where this pastor approached me at, it was a fundraiser, um, to help fund a special event for military. And so like, it just kind of like, even wow. from that and hearing some of those stories from those women, as they were like shopping for these dresses and just getting pampered, like we were just loving on these military spouses. I just got to hear their stories and I was like, man, these are amazing women. (laughs) And I remember telling myself, I could never do what they do. These are strong, strong women. So that was my first, I could Mm -hmm. never, um, through my 10 years of dating, I also dated a, um, a gentleman in the Navy. And I remember telling myself, I will never marry military. Like this is not the life that I want. Okay. (laughs) So like, that was my second, I would never, 
So then I meet my husband. He's definitely military. He's been in the army 14 years. This December will be 15. Um, we've been together five years, married for three. And I meet my husband. And again, this is after my four year, like gift of being single. And so he immediately, of course, tells me he's military. And it was the first surprising thing was my flag did not go up of, um, well, nothing's going to happen because I'm not married military. No. <laughs> and uh, so we start dating and um, we start dating in like November and he deploys for nine months to Afghanistan in December. So we literally had four weeks together <laughs> to date, no way. but it was so good. Like it was just such a gift, Emily, because I really feel like those four years of God just showing me like, Hey, I'm pursuing you as you're pursuing me. And so, you know, what truth is now looking like. And so I knew when I met Chris and when we just started having conversations over email, then had to, you know, started having conversations over the phone and then started having, you know, our few dates before he left. I just knew that there was something here worth pursuing and just continuing to take the next step. And, um, you know, and so I, I did, and, and through that, I got connected with other military spouses and I just, I constantly found myself being amazed at the strength and resiliency of these women to run the home front. So fast forward, we, um, go through just our journey in Texas for two and a half years. And, um, my husband as was a commander and I got to be what's called the family readiness group leader. And in that, you're kind of the, the leadership liaison to the family members. So you are basically just supposed to keep in contact with the spouses, build community, and uh, just keep lines of communication open. Well, instantly, I just saw this as like, oh my gosh, this is a ministry opportunity. Like our spouses are being deployed mm. and there is no greater thing than, you know, for another woman to look at you regardless of your race, your background, or in the military, rank is a big thing. Um, spouses are not supposed to what they call wear your, your husband's rank. Um, but the, a lot of, mm. a lot of women, unfortunately do. Um, and so, but regardless of your background, your story, your rank, um, just to surround yourselves with these women and just to like, look at them and say, man, like, I'm, I know what you're going through. Like, Hey, I brought some ice cream, some wine over, and we're just going to binge watch friends tonight. And like, if you need to cry, like whatever. And like, we'll just put on our warrior boots tomorrow and get back to the grind of it. And, um, so all that to say, like, it's just continued to like, just grow in me, like just the strength in women and the community. And so, um, when the elections were going on and I just saw how some of, um, just women around the country were kind of, you know, walking around, whether wearing, um, certain hats or holding certain signs. And I just thought every woman wants to be known. They want to know that they matter and they want to know mm. that they are going to be respected and represented well in an equal manner of form, whether that is the way that they are talked to, the whether that the way that we are paid, the way that we are addressed, like it doesn't matter. We all want to know that we matter. We want to know that we're seen and that we're going to be heard, like validated. <clears throat> so um, I decided to start this dialogue with a few of my girlfriends who I call like my, my world changer community. Like they are... They are yeah, just these women who it's like, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I don't like how this is going either. What can we do? And we're not just going to complain about it, but they were just this community that's like, okay, like let's put things in motion. And so out of that dialogue, Catalyst Women was born. So wow. that kind of, you know, catches you up to like, 
I mean, here we are of like this whole journey of, you know, and what's amazing is just like this, this broken heart of like the lies that Satan had told me when I was a teenager are the very same lies that he loves to whisper and manipulate Mm. in women's minds today. And, you know, like, and I had a gift where I was able to sort through some of that of four years, not married, not dating. And of course, no kids, you know, where I'm able to kind of, I was able to hear truth clearly, you know, with no other true distractions, like literally just paying for my food, my gas was my distraction. Like that was it. And that, that was a gift, you know? And so that was something, you know, obviously like the relationships and, you know, just like the failure of that. And then, um, you know, what we've walked like into just, you know, and I mean, I'm only 30. So like, I, like in a lot of ways, I feel like my life is just starting to begin, but at the same point, just to like, look back from the time that I was 15 and just see God, like you were so present in so many of these moments that I thought were lost and done. And my story was over. Um, but just to see how you planted seeds yeah. back then that I'm now getting to even begin to see spring forth from. So, um, in a roundabout way, <laughs> there we are. Wow. We're here now. That's, I mean, incredible. Thank you for sharing your story, your journey, how you're becoming the Danielle that God made you to be. And, you know, I would love to hear what does that word becoming me mean to you? That's such a, a good question. Um, I think a lot of times in today's day and age, we strive for perfection and perfection is a myth. Like people are constantly chasing after. And of course, social media um, doesn't help that. And so for me, the word becoming is just this, this freedom cry almost that allows you to walk in joy and confidence in the process. It's not the destination, but it's just Mm -hmm. this, this process of What is God doing in my season today? What's God doing in my life right now? What's God doing um, with the people that he has surrounded me with or entrusted me with, however you want to look at it, Um, but that there is, there's, there's such joy and purpose because the becoming process is what is to be celebrated, not the destination. That's so good. I love how you just described that so beautifully and eloquently. And that's so much of what becoming me means to me as well. It's embracing being in process and that the journey is one to be enjoyed, not something to suffer through. I mean, we talk about lacing up our warrior boots and we're going to have hard stuff, but I love how you've been described in your story. If there's an appropriate time to stop, to pause, to pull yourself together, to celebrate, and then dive back into the hard stuff. But our becoming journeys, while it's hard, embracing it and and lacing up your warrior boots and running into it head on almost allows you to embrace that joy and confidence that you just talked about. It, it becomes rather than something to bear or hustle through, something that you get to walk through confidently, as you said. I love that. So if you were having a cup of coffee with another person on their own becoming journey, what would you say to encourage them? <laughs> oh, that's, oh, well, one, I love coffee and I am, I am a sucker for good, for good oh, coffee yeah. shops. So like, I'm, <laughs> I'm picturing myself there, not sitting in my car away from my kids. They're being watched by the way. So I'm not like a, <laughs> that's my, awesome. my in-laws are gracious enough to be watching them while I have some time alone, you know? Well, I, what I think I would encourage most is, um, 
first of all, it would just be to try and change perspective of like the season that you're in because gosh, there is such purpose. There's such purpose and potential um, to where you're at. And, you know, and, and the next thing I would probably encourage you just be to, to lean into it. Um, that, mm. that phrase a lot, um, lean in and choose joy have become kind of my battle cry for this season for me, because I, love it. I know like my daughter has gone from a newborn to a two-year-old in the blink of an eye. And my son is already changing so much. And I know at some point I'm going to look back and I'm going to miss so much of this season mm. because you know, this season is busy, but I've realized life doesn't seem to slow down. It just changes what makes it busy. And I just have mm. to keep reminding myself that there's not going to be the absence of challenges in the future. They're just going to be different. But there is such beauty in the simplicity of what the challenges consist of now um, than maybe what they'll be later. And so I'm really trying to just be present in this season and choose joy. And so that's what I would probably just really um, encourage somebody that, you know, you're not going to get this season again and that there's going to be things right now that you probably um, that you don't like that are probably really challenging. But know this, that that you're building a foundation for what is to come and that your presence mm -hmm. and your persistence that determines the quality of your foundation. So as you move forward, like you're going to come back to this certain place because this is the journey that God's calling you to. But when you come back to this certain place, is it going to be to rebuild your foundation or is it going to be to build upon your foundation? Ooh, that's so good. <laughs> so that's what I just oh, like, girl, man, like it doesn't matter what you're going through, what you've gone through and, and the tools that you have for this season, I, I can confident, confidently say that there is such purpose here and there is such potential for what is to come mm. and and the quality of the season that you're going to walk through is fully dependent on your perspective of how you're going to lead through it oh my goodness what you just shared there is so key um, and it's something that all of us need to hear i've been like scribbling notes off to the side because it's so true um and there's purpose and i mean thank you for that challenge Thank you. That was so good. You know, you mentioned Catalyst Women. And if there was anybody listening right now who maybe wasn't familiar with what Catalyst Women does, can you just share a little bit more about Catalyst Women, your purpose, and how people can even connect yes, with you? Yes, absolutely. So Catalyst Women is a community of women. Uh, it exists to encourage and equip women with resources to rise up and to do something. And so what that means hmm. is... Um, like every single woman is already equipped. You don't need to do anything else. You don't need to get another certification. You don't need to learn something else. You don't need to add something else to your plate. It's basically just encouraging and equipping you, whether you're in the season of motherhood, you're in the season of your workplace, maybe you're a newlywed, maybe you are single and you are, you know, just changing the world like, you know, yourself and, you know, just mm -hmm. tackling all these things. Um, you have everything that you need to make an, an impact in the community that in the community that you're in. And so if somebody wanted to um, be part of that movement, be part of our community, um, they can go to our website. It's catalystwomen.info, catalystwomen.info, and they would just click on join the movement. And so what we're really encouraging women is mm -hmm. to pick an area that you want to make a difference in. 
So whether that is yourself this year, maybe that's your marriage, maybe that's your place of work, maybe it's your community, or maybe it's in, in this, you know, motherhood or slash family. Um, and so as you're committing to that, we have women that have already committed to be praying with you, for you around that. We've got practical ideas of how you can just be making a positive impact um, that really aren't going to be a, a huge stretch. And the other thing that they can do, um, what we're starting is we're rolling out um, just kind of like they're encouraging groups basically to gather. So um, as a mom, like I may gather with another few moms to just say, hey, this issue is really heavy on my heart. And asking this question is key, but what can we do about it? And so that's what we're really encouraging our community to do is, um, you know, one person, yes, we can all do something, but together we can do so much more. And so that's what we're about is how do we bring Mm -hmm. our collective strengths to the table, the seasons that we're in and the communities that we're already a part of and ask this question, what can we do? And then divide out those strengths to go do that. So it, I mean, and it's going to, the beautiful yeah. thing is the answers and opportunities are endless. Oh my goodness. I love it. That is so awesome. Thanks for leading the charge with Catalyst Women too, and leveraging who you are and who God has designed you to be to help equip other women to become who God made them to be too. Um, that's a really big deal. And just thanks for your time Thank today, you. sharing your story and then encouraging all of Thank us. You. You are uh, I awesome. feel the same about you, and it's just it's just so awesome to be on this journey with you. So it's great. <laughs> I love it. To learn more about Danielle and connect with her, visit the podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. That's C-R-T-V-Church.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Becoming Me podcast on the Creative Church Podcast Network. For more information about Becoming Me, visit us at becomingme.tv. Also connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with at becomingme.tv. And you can connect with us at creativechurch.com. Again, that's crtvchurch.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at creativechurch.com.